0: So good evening or morning, uh, wherever you are, we are on podcast number 20 of Hoarding Stuff or Hoarding Stuff, depending on how you say it. Uh, And somebody yesterday told me that they'd come up with an idea for a website called Hoarding Space or Hoarding Space, depending on how you said that one. So she's obviously on a roll with me. And tonight I'm with David and also Sam, who Mm -hmm. um, is... A, did a master's project with Clouds End and the Chaos to order project um, about using virtual reality with hoarding. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got we've got Sam along to talk about his results and um, be uh, questioned by myself and David as to what his. So does that mean he's, like.
1: he's master wingman
2: then? Is that well? Is ma- that... Maybe
0: he should be. Maybe <laughs> he should be. Yeah, maybe. I don't and, think the title
2: is official yet, but soon.
0: <laughs> but also, also, Sam is now doing a PhD right. with the Chaos to Order project as well, which is
1: amazing. And so he'll be a doctor of reality then. He will.
0: He. he will. He'll be a doctor. That's of
1: great. That's really good.
0: Of, a doctor of stuff. That's what he'll be. A wow. A of stuff. Yeah. So be very jealous of that title.
1: I will. Yeah. No,
0: David, um, you yeah. you're going to lead on this because you understand the difference between augmented reality and virtual reality I, I've,
1: I vaguely understand. I'm a bit of a dilettante, to be honest with you. I've I've yeah. had a, a virtual reality helmet hel- headset, not helmet, but on about helmet. God. Just turned uh, into a Viking. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for, for two or three years. And uh I, I made the mistake of taking it because I was doing youth work. Oh, that's good. Took it to uh, uh, the Christmas party uh, to show my line manager. But of course, she was she was uh, three sheets to the wind, and that's never a good time to be using uh, virtual reality. You're not meant to really. You're <laughs> not meant to, because you, your reality is already a bit foggy. So, yeah, so yeah. So, so, yes. So then, then, because of the hoarding, I've lost the the cable for charging it up. So,
0: <laughs> I never mind. It, it? Never mind. So yeah. Sam what will 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 you introduce yourself first of all
2: then Yeah well you gave a pretty good introduction I'm I'm Sam I am I come from a psychology background so I have I did my undergraduate degree in psychology and my masters in clinical psychology which mm-hmm. we have done the um the virtuality project for and then yeah I'm going on to do a phd in psychology which will be focused on interventions and treatment for hoarding um and still working out whether that will include an element of using virtual reality or not kind of depending on how spinning all the plates goes um Mm. so yeah we did the we did the virtual reality project as part of my master's what was it that got you involved with the the area in the first place so when i began my master's it was just there, there was a lot there was a whole load of placements mm-hmm. like a list and clouds and and heather were one of the people on that placement and i uh, on that placement list i was like yeah that looks really interesting hoarding isn't something that's taught um in psychology degrees at all no um, really from any course that i've heard so it was a real learning curve i did a lot of reading over the summer before starting trying to mm-hmm. understand the psychology of hoarding because aside from those awful TV shows we're all familiar with. I hadn't really interacted with hoarding or thought about hoarding. So that was how I started. And then it was actually Heather's idea to use virtual reality um, to see if we could provide a different perspective for people who hoard. Mm.
0: Well, it was also because I'd spoken to a guy called Greg Chasson, who, I think that's how you say his surname, um, who was an American who'd done a small but interesting piece of research about using VR. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd found him just at the beginning of lockdown, so he'd given me an interview about it. But actually the idea came from watching uh, an interior design programme called Make My House Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Because I suddenly thought, what if somebody could fake the removal of all their belongings without it being real? So they get chance to, to really look at their feelings, but without, the actual stress of it. And I just wanted, I was just curious to see what what would
1: happen. I think we, we talked about it before that, um, when I met you at the, the conference or slightly after that, which was about using a 3D camera to capture a room and then um, give headsets to people who were involved in making decisions and choices about uh, the interventions that take place. So they get an understanding of how it feels on a sort of more visceral level than they would normally, because they're surrounded by it instead of just, you know, making these decisions off, off the hoof kind of thing and they have to be in there for a little while.
0: It's, I suppose it's a safe space for yeah. investigating possibilities without them being
2: damming, um, like, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've they've done this, not that it's not quite the same, but they the virtual reality has been used in other mental health areas Mm. as well. So for example, a classic one being phobias. So say somebody has a spider phobia or social phobia, they will put the virtual reality headset on and recreate things like being on a, a tube, for example, in London, and then like gradually over the sessions, build up the number of people virtually on the tube so that they can begin to understand their feelings in that safe environment. And that's kind of what we did with the, with the virtual reality project. We, we recreated the participants' homes in, mm. in virtual reality, but I took a, a, I took a large majority of the items out in the virtual reality um, to kind of help people get a perspective of what that might look like, what that might feel yeah. like.
1: Yeah, So, I mean, it's desensitisation then, isn't it, to whatever the, the, the trigger is?
2: I, th- I think to an extent. I've I've since interviewed the participants because what... Um, Heather mentioned Greg Shasson and our project was very similar to his um, kind of use the same software, similar headset sort of thing. Yep. Um, but he hadn't interviewed the participants. He had just done um, like questionnaires to mm. kind of get their thoughts and feelings. And I thought it'd be really good to get an under, like a bit of a deeper understanding of what what emotions came up, what thoughts and feelings. And the participants mentioned that actually there was an added awareness of of kind of emotions towards their hoarding that they hadn't realized. They don't realize day to day because they just see the the their home as it is. Whereas with, with that different perspective, some of them mentioned it linked to for example, traumatic experiences, which mm-hmm. linked to why they hoard. So when, when they were wearing this headset, they were all of a sudden were able to see more clearly how the two related or were able to better prioritize what they really wanted in their home and what they realized they were more willing to discard, which could be an interesting kind of intervention uh, paired alongside other things Mm. where Mm. people might go, okay, in the virtual reality, I felt really calm that X, Y, and Z wasn't in my room. And Mm. then I will focus on that in the future. So, yeah, it was, it. So I think
1: you said, you know, it being used for, Addressing trauma in a broader sense, anyway, is 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 a, a win win, isn't it? Really, for for the use of it as a a, a therapeutic tool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of uh, yeah. As a as a psychologist and somebody who loves reading, I think there's a i is a bit frustrating reading about hoarding and and there's just being their complete lack of research into a lot of these areas and mm. and trauma being one of them. We the scientific community is a bit lost in terms of how trauma really influences hoarding so it was interesting that that's kind of something that was brought up by the participants that wasn't something that I asked oh did you find that this came up in your mind while wearing the headset they brought it up as something that they wanted to talk about in the interview
1: It's, it's very hard to to measure these things when um they've not really given it the kind of um well, the title for a start used to be clubbed in with OCD, uh, which it isn't anymore. I understand from for a little while
2: now. Uh, yeah, the... go on. Sorry, sorry, no, no. Sorry, you're absolutely right. That's I think that's one of my um as as a psychologist speaking to other psychologists. That's my main banner. If I could have a banner, is hoarding is not OCD because mm. until, it was until 2013 where hoarding behavior was lumped in with OCD, which meant all the research somebody had to have a diagnosis of OCD before they could take part in hoarding experiments right. in a lot of cases. Right. But the research now shows that actually most people who hoard don't have OCD. And if somebody who has OCD displays hoarding behavior, that behavior is very different from those who hoard. So their behavior will, their hoard, what they hoard will relate to their obsessions and their compulsions. Mm-hmm. Whereas in hoarding, you see very different patterns of what is hoarded the thoughts and feelings around hoarding, and even they found that people who hoard and those with OCDs show different brain activity when discarding items.
0: Mm.
2: So it's, it's on a lot of levels that, that they're different. so I'm glad you brought that up because that's Do you, a, that's do you a remember big much around.
1: about which areas l- lit up? could
2: I could, yeah. I could send you? you the paper. Um, yeah I could, well I we'll, have, we'll have you back. No, thank you. I <laughs> feel five <laughs> minutes in and I'm already already, You're already for another re- invited.
0: Well <laughs> yeah. done, you passed the test.
1: Because it, it, it would be fascinating to know more in, in depth what the science is on it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I don't know. I've got I've not got a clue.
2: Yeah, I, I, I can't I, even be trusted with a bunsen burner, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I, not many
0: of us can do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I love that kind of thing. I love I love making sure that especially around mental health, Mm. that when we're talking about it, we're we're talking about things that are real and true rather than just people's whims not uh, people's misunderstandings of it as as an outsider. So I think it's a real useful. It's tricky because
1: otherwise you end up, and I, I know that, that I've always asked this question, actually, how many anecdotes does it take before it becomes a statistic? Right. Because a lot of stuff, you say, oh, that's anecdotal, isn't it? That, that's, uh, um, and But you can't really base much on that if you're trying to do research and stuff, I suppose. I but it's know.
0: interesting how many research projects mm. are, like, embedded in our psyche
1: mm. that mm.
0: actually were not real. So I've just read a book called Humankind, and Ooh, it is yes. honestly yeah. really good, really worth, yeah. worth reading. But in that he goes to the um oh, what's the, the, the Zimbardo prison experiment and just pulls it apart. Mm. It, it wasn't, it was the, the premises on which it was based were not true, and Zimbardo knew that. And in the end, he was challenged about it about 20 years later, and he went, Well. The 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 sort of the legend stands up on its own. Yeah, of course so, if you're uh, taking that as a premise because the, the premise of the book Humankind says everybody assumes that we are bad. So it takes Lord of the Flies, you know, yeah, goes, yeah, Lord yeah. of the Flies yeah. is how it goes. And then it um says, actually, there was a real Lord of the Flies, and exactly the opposite happened. But you know, yeah. it never gets and and the well, Lord can, of the it, Flies it, didn't have that experience at all, he just made it up. But it's made up, so that is a proper anecdote. It's a that has become a reality. So yes, it's really fascinating. So good, Sam. Well done for. Five
1: is this years. is this why and I haven't got a uh, I haven't got a beautiful woman living with me? Because I read Beauty and the Beast.
0: You have got a beautiful and, uh, woman, you, uh, and be- David. And being the
1: Beast, I'm waiting for her to turn. No, it's right. It's a bit like living with the, the wicked queen from Snow White. <laughs> I never eat any apples she gives me. I I just don't do it. But um, so with the work that
2: you're doing now, then Sam, how far into it are you? So I've written. So in terms of the reality stuff, I've written, I've I've written up the paper that I'm mm-hmm. going to submit as part of my masters. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to go through and spell check things, and it's related to. I have to submit three chapters, and that project is just one of those chapters. Um, so I'm currently at the stage of proofreading all three chapters, which is a lot of words. Um, so, yeah, I'm at that stage. So I've got my conclusions and all right, okay. ideas. And, and yeah, so it's. All, um,
1: would you be prepared to share any of those conclusions? Yeah, of course. Hold on a, hold on a sec, but just remember there's some spoilers coming up now if you want to read his paper there's some
2: spoilers coming up okay yeah so we so you know what i've had i must apologize i would bring my paper up in front of me but i've had an absolute mare of a technology day my laptop Mm. died Uh and i was like went to curry's pc world and they were like no this is this is all this is well and truly bust so other computer
1: shops are available
2: Yes. Yes. Other computer shops are are available, um,
0: but not as close to where Sam lives.
2: Oh, uh. exactly. <laughs> so, so broadly, well, I did a form of analysis called interpretive phenomenological analysis, which broadly just means that I am recognizing, as a researcher, when I'm interviewing somebody and then interpreting the transcripts. Right. I I'm recognizing my the uh, my own role. Mm -hmm. that i might be playing in that Um, and broadly looking to understand things from the perspective of people who have unique experiences which in this case was really important because it wasn't just understanding the perspective of people who took part in a virtual reality experiment it was people who display hoarding behavior and have thoughts and feelings so i wanted to really capture their that experience as Mm -hmm. part of the analysis And it basically came out with, I came up with four main themes that they reflected on during the interview. The first one being was they talked a lot about the quality of the virtual reality. Now, I must disclaimer, it wasn't a fancy virtual reality headset. It was a secondhand phone that got off the internet. The headset was just this thing that you dropped the phone into, closed it up, popped on your head. And it worked, and the software was an interior design software, much like Sims, where you could drag and drop furniture into it, but then you could render the virtuality. So that's yeah. how I um created it. And they they kind of that that theme broadly stated that while there was minor uncomfortableness in terms of using the headset, and I think like not very comfortable on the head sort of is it, thing. Is it the weight um, that's the main problem? Yeah, I yeah, I think so. And and there was elements of because it's not the newest software, the newest software is very good at having no lag time when somebody turns their oh, head. Right, right. Whereas this, I think with this one, if you shook your head vigorously, it would be quite unpleasant. But I think if people, one of them said, like one of the participants mentioned that if somebody was moving nice and slowly, not going too fast, then there wouldn't be any discomfort really mm. at all. Um, but they kind of talked that the virtual reality was accurate to what their home was like. It was immersive, which is an interesting uh, yeah, and they had a, yeah. and, and a sense of presence as well. Um, so it kind of really felt like um, they were there. And one of the participants even mentioned that they went to go sit on the virtual sofa. Thankfully didn't quite because um, okay. that could have been problematic. but mm-hmm. yeah. And then the other themes that came up were participants talked about how the virtuality helped them envisage goals. So they okay. would often talk about, oh, that's good. I, I saw the home, the virtual environment was like this, mm. I'm going to do this. Um, there wouldn't necessarily be, um, this wasn't in the virtual environment, so I'm going to get rid of this today. It was, this wasn't in the virtual environment, so I'm going to take this step.
1: Mm. And can consider getting rid of it. The possibilities of, of matching up with what has been seen
2: um yeah exactly which was which was super interesting and then the third one is they talked about kind of emotions that came up for them often Mm. um so as i mentioned kind of thoughts around trauma or or insight into kind of feeling peaceful when um there's not that much and not as many items in the room so i think with hoarding it's fairly common for people to feel anxious when discarding items feeling worried scared fear of throwing that item away being the wrong thing to do um but what was quite reassuring is the participants mentioned that when they went to when they put the headset on they felt calm in that space and reassured that that goal was a positive one they wouldn't say they did match their home entirely to how it was in the virtual environment they wouldn't feel um that yeah they felt reassured that that would be a positive goal Mm. which was quite good
0: Mm.
2: and then yeah the final theme was um uh, there was a lot of talk about the inclusion of small details so I hadn't I had purposely not removed the clutter to the point where the home was spotless right um I had kind of taken it down to a place where the clutter would no longer be considered clinically significant um but there was still like, I'd leave like a couple items on the floor or a mug out of place or that kind Mm. of thing. Um, And as well as trying to, as best I could include personal items that I perceived might have a function or memory in that person's home. So one person uh, had a bike. I included the bike in the virtual reality and they were reflected on actually that made it feel more like my home yeah their space yeah exactly because it had something they were passionate about yeah. something that they were so yeah those were the those were the four broad themes and and then I, I in the rest of the paper i relate it back to other hoarding literature and research that has been done mm. um yeah that's, that's good.
0: fantastic yeah really good really and i think there's so much more to explore because i know greg said that their experiment really was one of the things they wanted to look at using it for wasn't the same as our idea he mm. wanted to use it as a basis for helping cognitive behavior therapy to work so that they 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 were sort of using it as a foundation stone to right. another therapy um but i just especially from your results i feel that um that, that there is more that we could do with this. And, and it could, you know, those are really interesting um, outcomes that obviously people that were involved didn't expect, you know, and neither did you, and neither did I, if I'd have been anticipating. The sense of peace, I think is fantastic to hear.
2: Yeah, and, yeah.
0: And a good invitation to others to, tr- you know, try to, and experience, try. you know, yeah. it's not.
1: It's not um... So I wonder if the next step is using augmented reality, Um, Because, as we we were discussing before we started, augmented reality is the projection of digital uh, images on the real world. And virtual reality is you're cut off from the real world in a virtual space. Um, If you were to project those things or take those things out of a space. um,
0: Could you do that?
1: Would that be (laughs) de-augmenting?
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. I thought, well, from your description, which obviously I know nothing about this, but this is just the voice of the ignorant, but. Um, mm.
1: Start but off you, with a clear space and then put the augmented stuff into the clear space. Right, I see, a,
0: so not in somebody's not home. in
1: somebody's home necessarily. No, that's what no, I was thinking, yeah, that's you, where I was going.
0: You, that's you probably what I was couldn't do that. Yeah, no. And
1: then, and then start to take out some of the, the augmented um, things.
0: So yes, use use a uh, an empty room. Yeah, as as a as a, as yeah, a place. No reason for why it.
1: And then you go right. What happens if? What happens if I do this? The sofa's gone. Oh,
2: yeah. That's how do you feel about that? That and that's he, a really good idea. There was a study that found. Um, so they took a, a, a virtual reality study in people who hoard, who took. Mm people who hoard and gave them a virtual reality headset and in the virtual environment they either had to discard there was two groups one group had to discard their own items yeah and another group just had to discard random objects other items that weren't their possessions and they found more um anxious feelings in those who had to discard their own personal items so I guess it's kind of it's kind of developing on that but um yeah having but yeah that that idea that the virtual world or augmented world can provide a really good training ground for mm. people to ta- face emotions that otherwise would be very overwhelming. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you can take the headset off or you can close your eyes if it's augmented so I'm, 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 I'm,
1: I'm curious as to whether the world is, is changing because I'm getting on a bit now. Right. And I, I, I haven't read very much for ages, but I do like real books. Okay. Um, and I know I've got a lot of e-books, but I don't tend to read them. I, I'm not that I read real books either. So
0: you just gather uh, them.
1: Uh, you think about reading. Yeah, I do think about reading. And I go, oh, that looks good, doesn't it? Well, That's that why I questions. enjoy
0: listening to books now, because I get through so many more
1: mm-hmm.
0: and exercising at the same time. So it's a really good.
1: But where I'm, where I'm going with this is this concept of dematerialization, right? And this idea that the world is becoming more and more virtual. Um, and as older people die off, some of the things that are books and the physical um, media, because most of my stuff is books and DVDs and uh, board games now. Board games has become the new thing. That's great, isn't it? <laughs> Massive board games. Um, will they become more virtual? So somebody of your age, Sam, um, we'll have more virtual
2: stuff than you have physical stuff. Do you think Um, that's that's the case? I think even just looking at kind of the folders of reading papers that I have done for, for my like studies and things, I think that probably is true. I probably have hundreds and hundreds of books Mm. worth of papers digitally, but I think Mm. at the same time, I think elements of that won't die out because I've still got physical books that I read and if I'm reading for leisure, then physical books are. i um, much more yeah. pleasant, really. I find mm. it much nicer on my eyes. It feels less like work. Um, so I wonder if that's a trend that will stay. I think other things like, like for example, Netflix and Amazon Prime and and other streaming services that are available. Um, they will. They. I do think those are rapidly replacing having physical copies of because it's just so much more convenient to have oh Um, uh,
1: it was it was strange because i was still sending people dvds up until three years ago and they'd go but i've got netflix what do i want because it's it's got extras on it surely you want to know all about what happened on that set what color underpants in mccallum was wearing when it was in lord of the rings what's the matter with you people you know. But they,
0: aren't they on Netflix as well? Don't they have extra tidbits at the top?
1: Uh, n- well, not the, not in the same way, because some of those films, they have hours of stuff, and maybe it's just for boring people like me that <laughs> like to know that. So
0: you can do quiz questions about the extras yeah. on the
1: DVD. Uh, just uh, It's like a class, really. It's like being taught by the director or the producer about how they made their film and what went wrong and how awful it all was. It's always nice to know when something's really awful for people and they're making a big film.
0: Well, that's what everybody wants to know, doesn't it? Yeah. That the, the lunch truck didn't turn up one day and everybody was starving.
1: Oh, it's what? when they have floods and, and oh, you're going to be filming next door to this airport, like they did with... Um, uh, for The Man of La Mansion not The Man of La Mansion. anyway. That. Uh, yeah, one of those films. Um, and so quite like that. But uh, apparently people just want to watch the film. Who would have known? Who knew?
0: But I I don't think I think there was a fear, wasn't there, in the 80s, when computers started taking hold, that there would be no books. And in fact, the exact opposite happened. There were even more books Mm. published and they're Mm. now filling people's bookcases and things. So
1: there's a famous famous line from Ghostbusters that Howard Ramis, as Egon Spengler says, print is dead. It's just this this one line that he comes up. Prince is dead. That's it. It's done. But that's nineteen eighty four, so it hasn't really. Exactly. Any,
0: exactly.
1: Uh, bless him. He's yeah. not about anymore. I'm afraid, but. Uh, yeah,
0: he is dead then, rather than Prince is dead. Yes. Yeah. So where where to next, Sam?
2: I think it would be. I think review, thinking about hoarding and hoarding treatments in general, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes down to just coming up with effective treatments, really. And if virtual reality can be a part of that, that'll be fantastic. Because um, as you say, I've, I'm from what I've read and understand from the project that we've done is I'm probably in agreement with Mr. Sa- Ms. Greg Chasson, um, when he says that virtual reality, pr- in in the way that we've used it, probably best provides uh, an augmentation or addition to other therapies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because, for example, and um, yeah, so like, so CBT is currently the model that most psychologists point to when considering hoarding disorder, but cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't actually it's is not very effective for treating hoarding disorder mainly and people mainly point that due to being high dropout rates and poor motivation for treatment and i mean you can see how that links if not somebody's not motivated to do treatment they're just not going to do it um so hopefully the idea being and and a lot of what i write about in my paper suggests that potentially the virtual reality in the way that we've used it could Inspire motivation and provide insight to people mm-hmm. um, where they previously couldn't see the benefits of um, discarding items, promoting that as a positive goal, um, and perhaps then increasing motivation, decreasing dropout. But I think at the same time, other I don't think CBT as it is now is very appropriate for hoarding disorder. It feels um, especially from the, the results that I've seen. And I know there's a few other smaller ones growing, but yeah, I think that's where I would want to see it taken next. While, I, while I've it's like...
1: It's a tool, the, but it's not a tool for every single no.
2: mental health problem. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and I think considering technology more widely than just virtuality, there's been some really interesting studies around... The use of smartphone apps um, yeah, yeah. and other things to address things such as anxiety and depression and whether those things that take pro- are probably slightly easier to develop um could have the same sort of impacts on somebody's attitudes toward motivation and insight um yeah because i know virtual reality it when done Properly, I can't say that I did it properly at all. I was just dragging and dropping furniture and changing the size of it. Um, mm-hmm. If I, I did briefly look at doing all the coding properly, and, and decided that that would be um, a whole extra degree I would need. Mm. So I think, yeah, I would like to see and explore how other bits of technology could be used as well. So um, you need
1: to you need to tap into somebody else's brain, <laughs> who's who's willing to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I did look into, I did message some of the other um, professors at the university to see if any of their students might be interested in teaming up and helping. Um, but I, th- I can't remember. So I think somebody, something had happened and, and it meant that there wasn't actually that many students about and the ones yeah. that were were quite um, busy already. But that's yeah. where I would like to see it go. I'd like to see more effective treatments in and of themselves, and also to see kind of technology more widely I mean, than virtual you've, reality. You've, you've got
1: a whole world of, of people with brains available to you now, right? As the 7 billion of us, well, not all of us are online, obviously, but there must be somebody somewhere who's gone, do you know what, I'm, I'm gonna do some virtual reality coding, but uh, I don't quite have the, uh, the research capability to do that. What a shame I don't I haven't got that bit of the puzzle, you know, the research bit. I'm sure there must must be somebody out there who wants a bit of
2: coding done there. Or oh, what am I gonna do? I don't know. Mm. That that I mean that would be fantastic. I think there's other ways that virtual reality can be used in hoarding, like the one I mentioned of people mm-hmm. practicing. They weren't practicing. It was it was kind of a more it was it was certainly an experiment, but it could be a place where people practice discarding items. Um, and and doing that mindfully not just discarding them in a virtuality but thinking yeah. about the way that makes them feel, feel and yeah. any thoughts that come with that and it's a safe place to do that and i could i can search i can certainly see that being a useful exercise for lots of people who who hoard Did you use yeah. any of the, I'm sorry do you use any of the apps for measuring heart rate and that kind of stuff to sure N- no i didn't but that would have been super interesting um, mm. to kind of see how people yeah get a bit of more of a subconscious measure of how people were understanding um yeah they or reacting to the virtual reality well
0: it yeah. would have been good to do a sort of triple test of that wouldn't it so you you do it like like one-to-one normally as you would like conversationally get someone to remove something and see mm-hmm. how they felt then um, talk about it without anything and then then do it in in um, virtual reality so that you've got three different measurements of, of heart rate and um, that would Seems be good. I think that would be really interesting yeah. to to compare.
2: Mm. Yeah, God, absolutely
0: there's, there's, there's just so much I mean the other thing that David and I talked about, Using the 3D camera for was just raising awareness Mm. and teaching people what it's like to walk around a hoarded route. Because a lot of people, well, Joe Public for a start, that was going to be one of the ideas. I still want a bus, but I've had to go quiet about Uh, that.
1: You you might have to explain. You can't just say I'm sure I'm sure I've told a bus. I I wanted
0: a a hoarded awareness bus.
1: There will be people that will be listening in for the first time and you're just going, I want a bus. I wanted a
0: double-decker bus that was decorated like a hoarded house. Yeah. And the downstairs provided virtual reality experiences of walking around hoarded rooms. Mm -hmm. And then the upstairs was going to be a sort of education centre. But every time I mention that to commissioners they go a slightly funny color so but i still want it but i I haven't found it yet Um, so that was that plan but yes just to use it as a simple educational tool Mm. but but Mm. also for commissioners of services and because they've never visited hoarded homes they have no idea Uh, all they've done is like you said sam seen them on the ghastly programs on the telly um but if you visited a home and you had somebody's um narration over the top of it explaining about their room then suddenly you'd see it through their eyes not yours you know and yeah I think it would be great Mm.
2: yeah that does sound really good I think that's a really good application because I think the awareness of hoarding isn't where it should be at all and I think that's a good a good way of providing an environment for people to so I had
1: a I had a 3D camera but um
0: so you have a three D camera? You've lost. Oh, sorry, I room. have
1: a three D camera, but it, yeah. it's it's in my room somewhere. I don't I have no idea. <laughs> so I now the
0: camera and the leader. I still through.
1: still can't even get in the room now. Yeah. It's it's but insane. There, you
0: see, there's a bit of motivation because I do need you to find it first. Yeah, sure, but sure. don't clear your room to find it because you were going to actually video your room. That's you? right.
1: Yeah. So, so if appalling. you cleared it
0: to find the camera, it's then appalling.
1: It's, not, it's yeah. appalling. <laughs> the robot arm has taken over. The board games have encroached in the living room. We were supposed to have the gas person come around to check on the gas supply. Oh, dear. And so I moved all the stuff, because I'm sleeping on the sofa at the moment. I moved all the stuff onto the sofa, and they haven't turned up. So you haven't got a bed? No, I just have to move it back again to where it was before I moved it in the first place. <laughs> um, no, it is getting severe now. I mean, it's two years Um since we were locked down. So it's progressively got worse and worse. And I remember speaking to somebody and they said, uh, the, the lockdown hasn't had any impact on people who've warred. And it's like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. Mm. I can't imagine that being true. Certainly not here. Um, but I mean, Sam looks as if he's got quite a tidy Spartan place. <laughs> uh, he looks like a minimalist to me. Would that be fair?
2: I've picked the tidy corner <laughs> uh, and he's only no. just
0: learning he's, he's, he's obviously going to learn from all the clients that he'll get
2: yeah no I, I I'm certainly I'm I'm messy but I definitely wouldn't I think it would be yeah I'm definitely don't not but yeah no I think I can I can only imagine the impact that um Lockdown has had on people yeah. who hoard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think hopefully it will raise awareness as people kind of re- were locked down their own in their own spaces and were able to re- reflect on that, or maybe even forced to reflect on that by the circumstances. Mm. Um, that will help people look for help because lots of people who hoard don't they, they don't see it as a problem, and then and it never really changes so hopefully Mm. the lockdown will have had that that kind of impact that would be of of people coming forward to look for help um and not too dangerous in terms of people see the the um, other great thing
1: with the the uh digital stuff is that you can learn how to reorganize things and train people to reorganize and and Heather has a a term for for that which is um
0: organizational dyslexia yeah
1: organizational dyslexia and yes
0: you've you've got you have got chance to sort of you could learn how to do all that because because for people that have that as an issue Mm -hmm. it's got nothing to do with trauma it's Mm. um just that's why i use the word dyslexia it's it's a a, uh something that you haven't automatically got which most of us have which is that ability to house things and know where to put them. Mm. But if you haven't got it, you don't know you haven't got it till somebody turns up on your doorstep and tries to take your children off you or something. And then, um, very often, it's not recognised. So, but yes, you're right. That could be helped and practised using this sort of technology. Definitely.
1: Did, did we have some children here? You might. Are they, they taking my children away? They might. Mean- no, no, it's right. No, no, they
0: might still be there, Dave, just <laughs> under a pile of games.
1: <laughs> children? Oh no, really? Sure, oh, no. we had
0: some children once.
1: No, no, I may be a hoarder, but no. I'm not that mad. To have <laughs> children, <laughs> children? Seriously, no. no. <laughs> Could you imagine what it would be like if? Because there'd be their stuff as well.
0: Well, no. Usually, they they <laughs> they are at the end of the queue. And most people, oh, who, most right. children that live in hoarded homes actually complain about the fact that there was no room for their stuff at all. <laughs> so oh,
1: that's all that's good. So oh that's well. all right. Yeah. As you were,
0: you don't have to yeah. worry. You don't have to worry.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the time. We're nearly up to mm-hmm. an hour of
1: mm-hmm.
0: very interesting waffle tonight, thanks to Sam.
1: But it is waffle. I think this is one of no, the No, Sam's that, wasn't. Sam's is great. Oh, no, Sam's is
0: great. Research. He's Sam's, a grown-up here. That's because
2: he's a master. <laughs>
0: he's
2: uh, a master a... Uh, You guys are too... It's just... It's waffle disguised. It's dressed up waffle. That's all it is. It's dressed up waffle.
1: <laughs> no, it's definitely... It's just it's pure 24-carat waffle. Um, and uh, and we have a, a, a small audience now. It would be nice if people who listen, because there are people who listen, would write in um to help at cloudsend.org.uk that's it thanks don't write to me because i'm not looking at the emails. But i will
0: send it on today
1: i'm not today. looking at the emails why, why would i do this you know what, you just
0: what answer?
1: Them. what answer am i possibly going to give you i'm you know i'm just here as a, a useful idiot that's <laughs> We don't have any idiots on this programme, only the very wise. I want Uh, want a T-shirt now with The Hoarding Idiot.
0: No, you're not having that.
1: What a fantastic name for a pub.
0: What, The Hoarding Idiot?
1: The Hoarding Idiot. I like it. It's in like in one of those fantasy games, like D&D. We'll all meet up at The Hoarding Idiot before we go off and slay the dragon, steal his hoard
0: oh dear this really is turning into right okay that's enough right so thank (laughs) you all for listening and please do get in touch if you've been affected by anything Mm. you've heard in this program um brilliant and if you'd like to have a go i don't know if that's possible but we might be able to get a bit more funding to do a little bit more research so do get in touch if you'd like to partake of this stuff and um then we can show there is a need as well, Mm. which is usually when you get funding for things. So
1: Mm.
0: So thanks very much, Sam. And and thanks very much, Dave.
2: No worries. And
0: uh, we will see you soon.
2: Thank you very much for having me, guys.
0: Our pleasure.